Section 13 of Hinduism and Buddhism, an Historical Sketch, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hinduism and Buddhism, an Historical Sketch, Volume 1, by Charles Eliot. Chapter 13. Indian ideas about the destiny of the soul are connected with equally important views about its nature. I will not presume to say what is the definition of the soul in European philosophy, but in the language of popular religion it undoubtedly means that which remains when a body is arbitrarily abstracted from a human personality without inquiring how much of that personality is thinkable without a material substratum this popular soul includes mind perception and desire and often no attempt is made to distinguish it from them but in india it is so distinguished the soul atman or purusha uses the mind and senses they are its instruments rather than parts of it sight for instance serves as the spectacles of the soul and the other senses and even the mind manas which is an intellectual organ are also instruments if we talk of a soul passing from death to another birth this according to most hindus is a soul accompanied by its baggage of mind and senses a subtle body indeed but still gaseous not spiritual but what is the soul by itself when an english poet sings of death that it is quote, only the sleep eternal in an eternal night end quote, or a greek poet calls it atermona negretan hopnan we feel that they are denying immortality but indian divines maintain that deep sleep is one of the states in which the soul approaches nearest to god that it is a state of bliss and is unconscious not because consciousness is suspended but because no objects are presented to it even higher than dreamless sleep is another condition known simply as the fourth state the others being waking dream sleep and dreamless sleep footnote fifty one turiya or katurtha end footnote in this fourth state thought is one with the object of thought and knowledge being perfect there exists no contrast between knowledge and ignorance all this sounds strange to modern europe we are apt to say that dreamless sleep is simply unconsciousness and that the so-called fourth state is imaginary or unmeaning footnote fifty two indians were well aware even in early times that such a state might be regarded as equivalent to annihilation brahmana aranyaka upanishad two four thirteen chandogya upanishad eight two one end footnote but to follow even popular speculation in india it is necessary to grasp this truth or assumption that when discursive thought ceases when the mind and the senses are no longer active the result is not unconsciousness equivalent to non-existence 
but the highest and purest state of the soul in which rising above thought and feeling it enjoys the untrammeled bliss of its own nature footnote fifty three the idea is not wholly strange to european philosophy see the passage from the phaedo quoted by sir alfred lyall quote, thought is best when the mind is gathered into herself and none of these things trouble her neither sounds nor sights nor pain nor any pleasure when she has as little as possible to do with the body and has no bodily sense or feeling but is aspiring after being End quote. End footnote. if these views sound mysterious and fanciful i would ask those europeans who believe in the immortality of the soul what in their opinion survives death the brain the nerves and the sense organs obviously decay the soul you may say is not a product of them but when they are destroyed or even injured perceptive and intellectual processes are inhibited and apparently rendered impossible must not that which lives forever be as the hindus think independent of thought and of sense impressions i have observed in my reading that european philosophers are more ready to talk about soul and spirit than to define them and the same is true of indian philosophers footnote fifty four mr bradley appearance and reality page four ninety eight says quote, spirit is a unity of the manifold in which the externality of the manifold has utterly ceased End quote. this seems to me one of the cases in which mr bradley's thought shows an interesting affinity to indian thought End footnote. the word most commonly rendered by soul is atman but no one definition can be given for it for some hold that the soul is identical with the universal spirit others that it is merely of the same nature still others that there are innumerable souls uncreate and eternal while the buddhists denied the existence of a soul in toto footnote fifty five but also sometimes purusha End footnote. but most hindus who believe in the existence of an atman or soul agree in thinking that it is the real self and essence of all human beings or for that matter of other beings that it is eternal aparte ante and aparte post that it is not subject to variation but passes unchanged from one birth to another that youth and age joy and sorrow and all the accidents of human life are affections not so much of the soul as of the envelopes and limitations which surround it during its pilgrimage that the soul if it can be released and disengaged from these envelopes is in itself knowledge and bliss knowledge meaning the immediate and intuitive knowledge of god a proper comprehension of this point of view will make us chary of labeling indian thought as pessimistic on the ground that it promises the soul something which we are inclined to call unconsciousness in studying oriental religions sympathy and a desire to agree if possible are the first requisites 
For instance, he who says of a certain ideal, quote, this means annihilation and I do not like it, end quote, is on the wrong way. The right way is to ascertain what many of our most intelligent brothers mean by the cessation of mental activity and why it is for them an ideal. End of section 13. Recording by Linda Johnson.